Welcome to Coffee with Jamie, a show about how to get unstuck from some of life's stickiest stuff, like burnout, divorce, loss, and more. Here is your host, Jamie Finney. Good morning. Hey, this is the third episode of Coffee with Jamie. I'm your host, Jamie Finney. And, you know, if you're listening for the first time, I want to say welcome. If you're back for more, you've been here from the start, welcome back. It is absolutely my pleasure to have you and to share a cup of coffee and some personal experience and, you know, hopefully collaboratively get unstuck because, you know, I don't know, um, but life can get really sticky sometimes. I don't know how it is for you, but that's how I feel. Um, Before I dive in, per email suggestion from last week, Robert M. asked, what kind of coffee are we having with Jamie? So this morning, I'm drinking a really nice Illy brand classico blend. <laughs> and it's a it's kind of a, a medium roast. And one of my favorite conference mugs, which is the Swift by Northwest conference that was held in Portland. I can't recall if that was 2018, 2019, but it is a great mug memory. And I love that question, Robert. Thank you. I think it's a great way to ease into our coffee conversation. Yeah. All right. All right. So third episode, and I am ready to dig in. Our theme this week is confess and address. And because this show builds upon previous weeks, um, you know, that the topics that we cover each week build on each other. So I want to recap just a little bit of last week where we talked about big bulky desires, which is really all about goals. What I covered last week was asking yourself those questions. What are your big bulky desires? What do you want out of this life? What does it look like? Write it down, make it clear. And when you start writing out your goals, make a little list that explores your senses. What does that goal look like? What does it sound like, feel like, taste like, smell like? Get as specific as you can. And and remember, big today might be opening your eyes and sitting up in bed today. Big today might be setting out the workout clothes you know, even if you don't get them on and do the workout, we're all in different places. And no matter where you are or where you're starting from, it's as important to have short, mid and long-term goals with very clear detail. So don't be afraid to dig in and get really, really specific with those big bulky desires. And that's, that's what we dug into a bit last week. Um, and something else I've learned to kind of add on to that with the, with the goal setting is Along the way, I kind of learned this the hard way, but it's to have bigger goals than you think you could possibly ever achieve. Because if you start, when you start checking those goals off your list, there's nothing more unfortunate than getting to the end of your list, not not having really anticipated anything beyond that list. So don't let that happen to you. It's totally happened to me. And it's a weird feeling. You kind of just, you get there and you're like, whoa, I, I did all the things on my list. I definitely did not think big enough. <laughs> so, all right. All right. So that's a little recap of what we did 
last week. And that leads us uh, perfectly into this week's theme, which is confess and address. And the question here is really what is stopping you? Um, you know, I think it, it kind of goes back to like, have you ever heard yourself? Like we all have things we want to do, right? So this step, this step in the process is all about getting really real about what stops us from doing the things that we want to do, the things on our list. And if you've ever caught yourself saying, because I have completely caught myself saying something like this, so it's like, oh, I really want to, we'll put a blank here, fill in the blank. I really want to write a book, but I can't because I don't have time. Um, and then anything that, that falls after, but I can't because, um, if you've ever heard those words come out of your mouth, I can't because let's talk, you know, anything that fills in that blank behind an I can't because is exactly what kind of confess we need to address. So <laughs> I have had my fair share. And, um, you know, for me, I talked in some depth last week about my goal to write a book and how at first it was just too big for me, that goal, you know, and, and I didn't have time. I didn't have experience. I was scared every step of the way for years. I found new ways to basically excuse myself out of accomplishing something. And I, you know, it was something that I truly deep down wanted to accomplish. So it just seems so counterproductive, but I, I don't think I'm alone in this. I actually, I know lots of folks out there, lots of conversations that I've had of people um, feeling the same, you know, relating on that level. And, and so, yeah, along my path, I've had a lot of different goals and dreams and ambitions and a lot of, I say excuses, but I, I sometimes feel like maybe calling them excuses may seem a little disrespectful depending on where you're at, because I know from having been, you know, one, one situation I can describe it from my own experience is, you know, having been um, an independent mom of two kids under the age of five, having to figure out childcare so that I could commute an hour each way to and from a new job that I was so grateful to have as I was going through a divorce so that I could handle my post-divorce mortgage that was now 100% mine to handle, having no family uh, nearby that could help, no family. Uh, honestly, you know, I'd already lost um, one of my parents and my dad was going through that loss. So, you know, he wasn't a whole lot of help in that. You don't blame him. That's not a negative thing. I'm just saying like, I didn't really have family nearby or living that could help if I needed help. There was no safety net. And, and that's a scary feeling. And so, you know, when I was in it, it didn't feel like excuses. And sometimes it's hurtful when you hear someone say, oh, no excuses, you know, yeah, it's so easy for you. Um, I'm in this very real situation and that's where I happen to be. It, you know, it may be due to my own actions and decisions. It may be due to life circumstances far beyond my control. I mean, we're all going through a global pandemic that um, is a little out of, out of uh, our individual um, ability to solve single-handedly. 
Um, but you know, I, I hope you follow what I'm saying. I mean, no disrespect when I call it excuses for me with my own experiences. When I look back, it's that sort of that hindsight that allows me to say, oh, I had this excuse. I had that excuse. Um, but at the time when I was going through it, it was just really real circumstances that I was in and trying to figure out how to get out of and also not knowing how to get out of and also feeling overwhelmed by and unable to move, almost frozen and paralyzed at times. So I, I just... Um, before I dive into this, I know I communicate sometimes with a lot of energy and pep and enthusiasm because I have been able to break through some of these boundaries. And, and I, I mean no disrespect by that. And I, I do want to communicate that because it's really important to me that you understand. Um, I do this because I'm excited that I have broken through some of these places where it felt dark and hopeless. And I think by sharing the best I can hope for is that maybe it provides a little pinhole of light, maybe a little inspiration, little energy. If I can give a little my energy to you in some way or other, that's what I hope to do here. So please understand no, no disrespect ever. Um, if I say excuses, I don't mean it lightly. All right. So, um, you know, uh, the, I don't know if you're familiar with YouTuber Casey Neistat, but he once said, the only thing between you and everything you've ever wanted to do in life is doing it. And I will include a link to Casey's YouTube channel in the show notes. If you're not familiar, check it out. Um, for me, I'm not exactly sure where my little spurts of action come from sometimes, but somewhere deep down within the desire to change my situation grows strong enough that I start to move. Um, I'm paralyzed at first every time. And, and I think I mentioned this maybe in the first or second episode, but you know, just because you've worked through it once or twice, you've worked through burnout or you've worked through grief, learned how to live with it, you know, and how to function beyond and beyond those really devastating experiences, just because you've worked through it doesn't make you impervious to it happening again. And that's been one of the most interesting, I guess, lessons for me over the last 10 years is just been like, okay, I worked through a lot of really dark stuff that I didn't know how I was going to get out of. And, you know, being able to look back across the the last 10 years, I can see that it's happened again and again. And I'll unfold more of those, those individual stories throughout the season. Um, but man, the one thing that, that I can say is this is where the steps that we walk through on the show really come to play for me. These steps are how I've moved through some really big stuff, some really hard stuff. And it's a great tool that I use um, that I use when I get stuck. And so diving into the confess and address, um, I, one of my little tools, I mentioned last time to get a little notebook. And if you haven't done that, I really strongly advise that you do that and follow along with these steps. If you can in a, a physical real world format, whether you use a, you know, maybe use a digital spreadsheet or list making, um, app, I use these little um, 
three by four or I think three by five, maybe <laughs> three by five. I have to get a ruler out and actually measure these little pocket guidebooks though. They're blank. They're about the size of, if you're familiar with field notes, notebooks. Um, I just buy a bunch of blank ones off Amazon usually. And I, I populate them every few years. I have to update one, but I, I have this one that I've been carrying around for years. And basically I, you know, the very, the very opening is our step one, which is compass of intention. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to episode one. It'll tell you how to get your compass of intention, what to do there. And then I flip forward a few pages and I do step two, which was the big bulky desires and, you know, scratch out a few of those. And then I, I leave about 10 pages after that. And again, these are those little tiny notebooks. So 10 pages is right. If I were using a giant journal book or or sketchbook, then I might leave fewer pages, but you get the idea. So uh, about 10 pages after my big bulky desires. Um, so I have plenty of space to write out goals and update them over a year or two, lots of space there. Then I write the title, confess and address, and I create these five little compartments. Um, I'll often use those super small colored sticky notes for this little exercise and each category gets its own color. And usually I'll span this across at least the two pages of my little notebook. Sometimes I'll go and do, you know, two pages, get each page is dedicated to a category. And so I have five categories. It depends on the size of your notebook again, but I have these five categories that I feel like kind of encompass the general gist of all of the excuse categories or excuse types that I make, um, that I find myself making. And so category one is time. Um, often I have heard myself saying, oh, I would do that, but I don't have time. I can't because I don't have time. Who has time? And um, interestingly for me with the pandemic, something I feel like I was granted in abundance was time. And so I I had learned how to make time a priority and carve out more time many, many years ago. And we can kind of dig into that um, in later things, but but time, that's a really common, really, really, really common. And it's usually either a lack of time or a change of time. Money, money is the next one. I can't afford it. I would totally do this bucket list item but I can't afford it, or I don't have the money, or all my money is going to this, this, and this necessity. Um, money. Money is a very real and very common category of things that get in our way that stop us from doing the things we want to accomplish. Um, number three is physical. I just call it physical. This can be physical effort, skill, ability, um, you know, I want to run a marathon. That's something that's going to require a lot of effort, time, training, maybe a little money to those races aren't inexpensive. Right. Um, but yeah, physical. So I think of, of the physical as a category and whatever the limit there, the limitation, the next category I find very useful and all encompassing is mental. And that again, mental effort, mental skill, mental ability. Um, this is, I think my number one personally, the one where I get stuck the most is in my own head. 
um, after I share number five here, like the, the fifth category, because I want to make sure we keep those all together is routine, lack of routine, change of routine, having to alter your routine in some way changes super hard. Um, but sometimes we get into a routine and, and changing that is massively difficult. Sometimes we, um, you know, we want to establish new routines. Change in general is pretty hard, but I, I like to just call this one routine. So it's often just a lack of routine or a change of routine. And and so I wanted to get those five categories out um, because I tend to go off on little story tangents and I don't want to do that for too long before I give you all the info there for your notebook. Cause I'm, I'm trusting that you're writing this stuff down. Maybe not right now, but you'll go back to it. You'll create that notebook and then you're going to share it with me. Right. All right. <laughs> I'm hoping so. All right. And, and let me throw this out there. If you have anything that absolutely does not fit one of the five categories that I just shared, by all means, um, I will include my contact information, how to reach me at the end of the show. So please reach out and let me know what you've got. What tools do you use? What categories might you have? Like what stops you? Um, I would love for you to share anything that doesn't fall under my little five categories because I'm always looking to learn and sort of you know, shift my own way of thinking too. I've, I've kind of fallen in, into these like six overarching steps that I'm walking you through on this show, how to get unstuck, but you know, we get stuck in new ways all the time. All right. So if you have anything that doesn't fit in those five categories, by all means, reach out and let me know for now, nearly every form of stuck that I have personally ever encountered, um, it can be lumped into one of those categories, but yeah, you are more than welcome to create your own, of course. All right. So once you've done that, like really spend some time with this and maybe, maybe it's like, Jamie, I would create this little notebook, but I don't have time. Well, you know, sometimes, sometimes this is where it goes back to that thing I was saying earlier, right? Like I, I've been in some really deep, dark places. I've been in the place where I just don't have time. Um, and, and then when I do have time, I'm freaking exhausted. So that's both physical and mental, you know? And, and so I, man, I, I get it. I do. Um, at least in that context, you know? And so what, what I've had to do is really figure out, um, finding that pinhole of light. And once you've, you know, kind of confessed them by writing these things down, plopping them into their appropriate category. Sometimes when we're able to actually look at what stops us in this physical way, it gives us a fresh angle, a fresh perspective. Um, you're able to kind of look at things that, you know, it's, it's almost like removing them from yourself for a second. Have you ever noticed that it's really easy to point out like other people's situations. Oh, well, they should do this. They should do that. Oh, I can't believe that, you know, they didn't, I, you know, parenting. It's like, oh, it seems so obvious. You should have told your child no. But when you're in it as a parent, it's not always that easy, right? Like you're in it, you're in a different mindset. You're in a different um, situation. The same thing is, is, is real when you're kind of in it, in a stuck situation, you can't always see when you're buried, um, and so writing these things down, being able to pause and really assess like, oh, I didn't even know I was saying I want to do this. I can't because, um, 
You know, I've had conversations like that where I've caught somebody right in the middle of their sentence. It's like, oh, I totally want to write a book, but I can't because, and right there, you know, they're like, oh, I didn't even know those words were coming out of my mouth. And, and so that's the kind of thing where sometimes it's that initial awareness, just hearing the words that, that you say, the, and, and sometimes those words don't even come out out loud. The words that we say to ourselves inside are often the worst, right? And so, I mean, that for me, going back to the whole book writing process, right? And I know I really kind of went into some detail last time, but in regard to the things that stopped me, you know, first I wanted to chip away at that, break it down into something smaller by competing in the NaNoWriMo challenge. And, and even that I got in my own way. And that was, you know, first I was like, well, I don't have time. It doesn't cost anything to compete in NaNoWriMo. It's free. That's a physical effort. Well, I have, I have the skill and the ability to write words. Um, so there's that if you, you know, maybe it's a, you can use dictation if you're you know not able to type for one reason or other, um, maybe there are solutions, you know, to the problems, but being able to write them down, once I started writing them down, it gave me a fresh perspective and I was able to say, okay, this is where I'm falling short. What could I actually do? What steps could I take to address these confessions of what's stopping me. And, and once I started doing that, it, it really, um, it was like, okay, all right. I, I can see, you know, I can see things that I can chip away at more easily than others by writing them down, you know? And so that's what I want to say next. It's like, once you've put a few of these things down and really, you know, try to give yourself some time to, put a lot of stuff down. Like if you have really, maybe pick a specific goal and there might be 50 obstacles that stop you from getting to that goal. Um, you know, let's kind of hack through a couple here. I, I use the example of a marathon, you know, there's a time commitment. I did run a marathon in, I want to say it was 2003. Um, I ran a marathon and it was before I had kids it was, you know, I was just a, yeah, it was just, just me pretty much. I had a job, a full-time job and um, pretty flexible time schedule, but running a marathon training for a marathon was basically like having a part-time job on top of my full-time job. You've got to keep moving. You got to train for a while. You know, I think I was doing an 18 week program or something like that. And, uh, you know, every week, builds upon the previous. And if you get sick and I, I did, I had a couple weeks where I, uh, I, I had actually is a weird thing, a gallbladder, uh, issue is this extreme pain in my side. And I had to stop running, thought I was going to miss the marathon, but, um, I was able to get that resolved, heal and return to my training program with only four weeks of a break very resilient in my young twenties. Uh, I was 27 when I ran my, uh, my marathon and, um, yeah, you know, pretty resilient, healed quickly. And, and I busted out that marathon 26.2 miles and, um, wow, that was a good, 
it was a good time. So, but you know, it took, it took a lot of constant effort. You know, one of the obstacles that we had, I live in Las Vegas, the heat in the summer. So I was training for an October marathon. This, the heat in the summer gets, you know, into the 115s, 120s. Um, at 6 a.m., it'll be 110 often out here. At 10 p.m., it'll still be 100. It hasn't cooled off all the way. So, you know, the heat was a, a real obstacle. It was a real reason I couldn't run certain times of day. So, you know, in order to make that happen, I had some friends as some a support system who were training for the same event. And we would meet at 3.30 in the morning and run. And then when you're running in the dark on the streets of Las Vegas, you have to be careful. There's drunk drivers. There's black widows against the brick walls that come out in the evening because it's cool. Um, black widow spiders. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Um, the obstacles, the things, and you know, there are days you wake up and you're just like, Mm-mm, not getting out of bed today. Weather is always a uh, a big one. Anyway, you get the picture. There are obstacles, and even as you're chipping away at your big goals, new obstacles swing in constantly. Um, new things pop up, and navigating those, we have to sometimes put things on the side, on the back burner, while we deal with what's right in our face. And, and that's, um, for me, that was, you know, chipping away at running a marathon in my twenties. That was something I wanted to do before I hit the age of 30. And I, I think setting that sort of deadline on it really helped me ensure that it happened. Um, finding a community support system really helped ensure that I made it happen. And so, yeah. Um, Okay, so I actually want to share a couple other little stories of things that I where I've been stuck and kind of for me, mental obstacles is usually where where it starts. Um, I way back in 2013, when I left my full-time working from home gig to do who knows what. Uh, you know, I explained that story in the first episode. Um I was, I was feeling burnt out. I was recovering from the loss of my dad. And I say recovering from, but really trying to work through, but I was in the darkest space I've ever been in, in my whole life from grief, from burnout, from depression. Um, I was dealing with a lot and, and I gotta be honest. Like I, I was raised in a way that, um, and, and maybe you relate to this. I don't know, but I was raised by parents who did not believe in therapy they didn't really believe in going to doctors even, you know, it was just like, you're fine, get up, keep going. And, um, and, you know, we were also, we struggled financially at times throughout my life. I don't know if we ever had health insurance or the few times that we did and got to go, you know, we got to go to the dentist. I got braces when I was 15. That was a big deal. But my uncle was a dentist and my dad and uncle had bartered a trade so that I could have braces and fix my really messed up teeth. So, you know, it just, um, my parents didn't have the financial means often, um, for, uh, yeah, they didn't have the financial means often. So for stuff like the doctor, you know, going to what I will call a luxury, the luxury of going to the doctor. And so, um, I just learned to be all right. Most of the time to carry a lot of pain and, and just tough it out. And I didn't, it didn't occur to me when I was going through all this stuff 
you know, the loss of my dad, grief, burnout, all the things. It never occurred to me that I could actually call a professional for help. And so my method was to figure it out on my own. And I, I really, I went to the internet. I went, you know, it's just searching. We have so many tools at our fingertips now um, these days. And so really it was a lot of a lot of work in research and study. And I, I took coaching certification programs and everything, mostly not so that I could coach. I thought that might be a, a nice option to have if I got certified. And I did. I did it on the life coaching aspect. And then I went on to do a, a like an executive coaching program as well. And they were very useful. Um, you learn a lot of really cool tricks and that might be oversimplifying it but you learn a lot of uh, cool tricks and ways of thinking and sh- you know perspective shift and and organizing thoughts and breaking things down you learn a lot of really neat stuff by going through these programs and I'd really done it so that I could help myself out of this situation um my my awesome way of not realizing I could reach outside myself for help but yeah. So there it is. Hindsight, right? All right. So, um, all right. So working through things, um, one of the things that I had let go of was my physical well-being. So I just mentioned that I had run a marathon when I was 27. Um, I had my, my first kid when I was 30 and I was, uh, in, you know, marathon condition running actively every day. Um, when I had her, when I was pregnant with her, I actually, my doctor uh, asked me to stop running around week 12 because I had a, a near loss with that one. And so he's like, no more running. You got to do something lower impact. And I switched to yoga. And so I, I'd switched to yoga and I tried all these different yoga classes because I, I, I knew I needed to keep moving my body. That was just who I was. And that's how I feel better mentally and physically, all of that. Um, and I tried all these yoga classes, but I have to tell you, a lot of them were just too earthy for me, maybe a little too, like, I don't, I'm not into new age music, no offense to anyone who is, I really tried to be open-minded, open-hearted, and I had a very hard time, uh, sitting still. I was a restless mind, a restless body (laughs) needed to be moving, you know, just, um, anyway, so that's kind of where I was, but then I, you know, I had a friend recommend, Hey, come to my yoga class and try this instructor whose name is Karen. And so I did. And Karen was amazing. Um, if you're familiar at all with Jillian Michaels from The Biggest Loser, this was like she Karen was my Jillian Michaels for yoga. Um, you know, she was someone who held the bar very high on form and position for safety, you know? And I always felt like um, she didn't allow me to get away with not being present and not giving it my all every time. And so she was tough. She was wise. She held me to that bar of giving nothing, if not my all. So I, I started, you know, this yoga practice and I stuck with that until I had my second pregnancy four years later. Um, and at that time, I, you know, so four years later, I try to not tie things to dates too much, but 
man, I'd started yoga 2005 when I was, when I had Sophia and then five, four, four years later, 2009, I had Zia. And so I had stopped doing yoga somewhere along the nine month pregnancy of, of, of Zia because I had gotten into, you know, I was uh, <laughs> closing a company in 2000, 2009. What a crazy year. Let's recap that one real quick. I was closing a company that I was a partner in a little animation shop. I was pregnant with Zia, who I had in February. I filed for divorce about a month after having Zia. I um, was jobless and then started a new job with Zappos.com um, in April let's see what else happened in 2009. What a year. Let me tell you my, so my, you know, divorcing husband moved out in September. And then my sister who was also going through a divorce moved in with me about two weeks after my ex-husband moved out. So that was like later in the fall, September, October. And then my dad who was still alive at the time, um, my dad, a Vietnam veteran struggled my whole life and very much of his whole life with PTSD and Vietnam war trauma. Um, he had a lapse somewhere near the end of the year. He had a lapse and ended up back in a mental care facility um, and ended up with some community service work on the side. We won't go into great detail about that one, but that was a lot of me growing up was um, visiting my dad in, in uh, Vietnam veteran or not just Vietnam veteran, but veteran mental uh, care facilities. So I, I got to see a lot um, in that, in that, in my upbringing, um, in a lot of those facilities and how they work. And yeah, a very insightful um, part of my upbringing. So back to 2009, I was going through all of this stuff. I stopped doing yoga because I didn't have time. I didn't have energy. I was dealing with a lot of other stuff. And so I fell off and then fast forward, um, 2012, I lose my dad. Um, you know, I had spent the years between divorce, well, let's just say 2009, all that stuff I just explained the years between 2009 and the loss of my dad in 2012 was all just trying to find balance and hang on and do the best I, I was because I was now a independent mom of two girls, right? And trying to just kind of hold it all together. And, and so working through that, um, my health, my sort of self-care kind of fell to the wayside. I was focused on you know the financial aspect. I was focused on being a a decent mom and, and trying to take care of my kids the best I could. I was trying to find mental balance again, because there was a lot of trauma going on. And, um, hmm, my voice shakes, just kind of reliving all the moments. Right. All right. So yeah, real stuff, real stuff. And, um, put my health on the back burner. And then as I started working through all the things, right. Um, what's important to me and, setting some goals for myself. I, I rolled into 2014 with this mantra of what's important and decided I would shift my focus back toward my physical health. So I reached out to Karen, who had been my yoga instructor for you know five years back in my healthy days there. And, uh, and I said, hey, I need to get back into 
a practice. And I hired her to come do private sessions at my house. And so we did that. And I had a a nice big blank wall uh, where I would do handstands. So handstands were something that I had never been like, I'm one of, I was one of those kids that I couldn't do cartwheels. I I still can't do a cartwheel. (laughs) Um, I never, I couldn't do like backbends. There were all those girls that could always do backbends and some of them could do like front handsprings or back handsprings and um, just a cartwheel. Like I wasn't that kid. I, I did karate as a little kid. So I had flexibility, but I didn't have a lot of other skill. <laughs> so so um, I had flexibility and I was, I was good at Taekwondo and um, I was good at the, the katas more than the sparring. So anyway, so um, I loved handstands because I actually learned how to do them while I was pregnant with my first daughter. And it felt so liberating. Like it was just one of those things that like, I learned how to do both backbends and handstands while pregnant. And it was just such a cool thing. So yeah. um, You know, it was something that I was like, what I can do this. Who knew? And Karen helped me get there. So I called Karen back, you know, all these years later, I kind of let myself go and started feeling it um, all over my body a little extra weight, a little softness, a little like just feeling terrible, sleeping worse, all the, all the things. Right. Um, and so I was like, I want to get back into handstand condition. So for me, that was my standard and a few practices in, um, it's handstand time and, um, Oh, how I loved doing handstands, but okay. So four or five practices in it's time. And Karen says, okay, time for handstands. And this is just, mind you, kicking up to a wall to do a handstand. And during this practice, like five practices in, for the life of me, I cannot kick up to the wall. Like I'm trying and it's not happening for me. And it is so frustrating. And the more I try, the more exhausted my arms are getting, the more frustrated my mind is becoming. And I know that I know how to do these. I've done thousands of them. And for whatever reason, I can't get out of my head on this. And Karen let me off a little easy with uh, three reps of five kick-up attempts, no breaks in between, very exhausting. Um, And then the same thing happens to me for the next three practice sessions. And then in that third session, Karen was talking about me just needing to get out of my head. And she's like, just get through it one breath at a time. And this, you know, this was a couple of years after having that light bulb moment with, um, it's exactly the same thing as when I had my conversation with Stefan a few years prior, where he said, it's not about what's next. It's about what's important. Well, this statement that she said, just get through it one breath at a time. Same kind of lightning strike for me. It it was like exactly what I needed to hear, exactly the right moment that I needed to hear it. So, you know, there I had it. There was my new mantra, one breath at the time, one breath at a time. I had moved from what's important to one breath at a time and um, and the very next one, the very next attempt uh, at the handstand, I did it. I kicked up strong and it was successfully completed. And then I did two more. 
And, you know, it, it was one of those things though. Like I, I was so frustrated and I just, I was letting my mind get consumed by the frustration of my inability to do something that I knew I was perfectly capable of just five years prior. And so all it took was chipping away. It took, you know, that, that keep going mindset, keep working at it. It took breaking it down to one breath at a time. And, and I think, you know, that is going to segue us into what we talk about for the next couple weeks, um, which is going to be tiny challenges. And I really, really, really want to emphasize that those are going to be important weeks. Um, if you are following along and you're participating, those are going to be really important weeks because that's where we start moving. Um, you know, the buildup for the last two weeks and this week is about kind of mapping out the process, thinking through the things, right? We think about what's important. That gives us a compass. We think about what we want and where we're going. And that gives us a destination to work toward. And then we look at what our obstacles are so that we are aware of them. And that doesn't mean that we're always going to be aware 100%. Nobody predicted a global pandemic, right? Um, but here it is, and we're navigating our way through it the best we can. And so, you know, things are going to happen. Things are going to come wrecking ball your path to, you know, each destination. It's going to happen. But having the tools to navigate your way through or around or to throw those obstacles, as I say, with grief, I don't feel like I moved through grief necessarily. I feel like I put it in a backpack and I learned how to carry it. <laughs> so, and, and maybe that physical manifestation is heavier than it needs to be, but it feels manageable to me that way. So, you know, we break things down in the way that's manageable for us. And, and that's what, you know, the next the next step in the process, I call it tiny challenges, all one word smashed together, tiny challenges. And, um, and yeah, I, it's going to take us a couple episodes to get through that because there's just a lot when you break things down into small things and start chipping away, there's really a lot to get to. Um, and so, yeah, that little story of handstands though, that was me stuck in my own head more than anything. Now there was some physical limitation there. I was five years out of practice. So I needed to build up a little strength again. And um, having Karen, somebody there to say, no, don't let your head win on this one. Breathe one breath at a time. That was everything. Sometimes we can't do it all ourselves. Um, sometimes we do need to reach outside and then back in and then push out with great strength. And that's, you know, that's how, how it happens sometimes. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So once you've kind of identified the, the, the weak links in your chain, um, the things causing the problems, the things stopping you from getting where you're going, um, that's where you start, right? And so this is going to lead us into our next couple episodes. And um, before I dive a little further into that, I want to take a few minutes for the community piece of the show. This is one of my favorite parts. This is the part where I get to share your stories, 
questions, thoughts, and really anything you'd like to share or ask on the topic of getting unstuck. Um, if you're following along and doing the work after each of these episodes, if you started on your very own compass of intention or your big bulky desires, um, maybe your, your confess and address, you want to share that with me and, or anyone listening. Um, I want you absolutely to do that. And this week I received not a question, but a really thoughtful message that I want to share with you. It reads, your site just popped up as one we might like, and we are so grateful we clicked on it. We read your posts all morning. Love it. Just want to say thank you. God's peace be with you. The Taylors. Taylors. I cannot tell you how much that message means to me. For complete strangers to take time out of their lives to read things I've written to explore my little doodle journal or listen to this show and to express such a kindness about it. Imagine if we all took the time to do that for others, when something we see or experience brings us a smile or a moment of joy, if we took the time to say thank you, to say, I appreciate what you're doing. That's the kind of world I want to live in. So thank you, Taylor's. I really hope I get to learn more about you over time. I hope you continue to share with me and um, that you took the time to write that message to me. I am truly, truly grateful. So thank you. Um, so that that's my little community piece for this week. But if you would like to reach out to me, um, I want you to go to the show link on my website, coffeewithjamie.com scroll down a little bit on that show page and you'll see a big fat email button. You can poke around on there a little. You'll find all my social media links there, all of that stuff. Um, and you know, I think it's really important if you're sharing a message with me, please let me know if it's okay to share here. Um, I don't have to share everything and I get you know, I don't get a ton of messages. I'll be frank with you. I don't know how many listeners I have right now. Maybe all three of you, um, <laughs> but thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, you know, I, I do get a couple messages a week so far. Um, you know, I had the, the message from Robert about what kind of coffee, uh, what kind of coffee are we having with Jamie? You know, I love stuff like that. So um, thank you. And then, you know, I have a couple who say, please don't share this. I just want to share with you. Thank you for what you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. I am totally okay with that. And um, so if you, you want to keep it between you and me, I am okay with that. You can email me through that show link on my web page. Uh, coffee with Jamie. I'm going to spell that for you. It's coffee, normal spelling with normal spelling, J-A-I-M-E-E.com and two E's just like coffee. And so, yeah, if it's okay though, that I share your message, please let me know how you'd like to be addressed or referred to. If it's a social media handle, if it's a first name, first name, last initial, or a first initial last name, that's how we'll do it. I absolutely respect all of that. Um, I also feel like it's really important that I acknowledge I am not a licensed psychologist. I'm not a medical doctor or a healthcare professional. And 
you know, the things that I do here um, on this show, the things I talk about, the things I write about, the things I do in my doodle journal over on Instagram, um, they're they are in no way you know, meant to replace the care of uh, psychologists or doctors or other healthcare professionals. The, the Coffee with Jamie show is, it's not meant to be really psychological counseling or psychotherapy or mental health counseling or any other type of medical advice. It's just, you know, it's information based on my own life, my own work experiences, um, the purpose of this show is really to assist people in making changes in their lives through supportive guidance and hopefully, hopefully a bit of inspiration. You know, I, I have worked through a lot. I do it very publicly. Um, I have blogs, you know, like blog posts that go all the way back, you know, the even handstands that I talked about, I, I did do a post on that way, way back, um, in 2013. 13 or 14. No, it would have been 2015. Me and my dates, right? I always feel like I need the dates, but um, sometimes I'm terrible with them. All right. Anyway, so yeah, I, I think that it's really um, important that we be able to share with each other when we're stuck. Sometimes, as I mentioned, with Karen, you know, that was what I needed at that time. I needed somebody to push me along and I knew it. So I reached out, I pulled someone in who could and would help me. And she did. And it was, you know, at that moment in time, it was, it was one breath at a time getting through it. And I was able to get through it through that. So, um, yeah, not, not a uh, licensed person over here, just someone who has been through some dark stuff and wanting to help in any way I can. All right. So here's how to listen. If you want to share this show with friends or anyone you think might find some value in it, I would absolutely appreciate the share. You can listen live each week on the Voice America Network. There is a link directly to that if you're not there right now. Um, there's a link directly to that also on the show page of my coffee with jamie.com website. Or after the live broadcast every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific time, um, it runs 7 to 8 a.m. Pacific time. The episodes are later posted to, they say all the places you listen to any other podcast, but I did have someone tweet me this morning that they couldn't find it on their podcast app. So I'll look into that a little further, but if you do um, try your podcast app, search for either Coffee with Jamie or Jamie Finney. And I I did find on, um, oh, I think it's Stitcher, the Stitcher network. I couldn't find it through Coffee with Jamie, but I did find it through Jamie Finney. And so I actually included links to those particular podcasting networks on my coffee with jamie.com page. So if you're curious, I post those things there. I also post the episodes themselves when they come out later. The, you know, just the audio files themselves are there if you're interested in doing it that way. The only thing I hate about listening to it directly from my webpage is that if you leave the webpage, it turns off. So that's that's not the most fun uh, 
thing to do. Uh, but yeah. Oh man. All right. So those are all the ways to listen. I kind of, I get caught off guard there a little bit and ramble. That's one of the things though, that can be a little bit fun. And I, I do want to say, um, you know, if you are reaching out or have any uh, intention of reaching out, all my social media stuff is also on my coffeewithjamie.com, the show page from my, my website. Um, if you go there, you can communicate however you are most comfortable. I'm totally okay with that. Um, but I also, I wanted to say that like, it, it's exciting for me to be able to kind of learn and grow in this live format. It's scary. I know that if I mess up, when I fumble over words, it's all here. It's, you know, it, it may not be pretty. It may be a little hard to listen to sometimes, but work with me. I think I'll get the hang of it. I, I'm really enjoying it. It's the closest I've been to... Um, the conference setting. I miss speaking at conferences so much. So this is, you know, me making do right through the pandemic and just trying to stay connected with the community that I had. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I want to thank you. And I want to also say, um, be sure to come back and, and join me for another cup or two of coffee next week. We're going to crack into something called tiny challenges. And this step will be at least a two-parter, at least two episodes long. So it might, though, be one of the most fun parts of getting unstuck. And no matter where you're starting from, um, and that is something that you could reach out and let me know. Where are you starting from? Where are you? What what is your sticky point right now in life? And so I'll explain the why, the how, and of course, oodles of stories from my own experiences of life-changing events that were spawned by tiny challenges. You won't want to miss these next episodes. Thank you so much for joining me and I'm going to catch you next week. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time for Coffee with Jamie. Please join Jamie Finney again next Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time for another cup of discussion and wisdom on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then. 